I'm Matthew McCabe. Welcome to Miracle Voices. Each episode, we will be delving into stories of forgiveness, healing, and transformation that have come about from integrating the principles of the book, A Course in Miracles. If you want to learn more about A Course in Miracles, visit www.acim.org. If you'd like to visit the Miracle Voices site, please go to www.miraclevoices.org. If you feel inspired to make a love offering, please visit us at miraclevoices.org forward slash donate. All donations go to support the work of the Foundation for Inner Peace, the publisher of A Course in Miracles. Now here's your program. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Miracle Voices. This is your co-host, Matt McCabe. I'm here with my co-host, Tam Morgan. Tam, how are you doing today? Great. Really great today. Um, And I'm excited that... You know, we've taken a bunch of breaks here, so I'm excited we're back in action. Yes, yes. So listeners know we're kind of an irregular schedule now, so we're kind of posting every other week, but stay tuned. We don't know how fixed or flexible that is, but you'll know as soon as we know. And and I want to welcome our guest today, Jeff Bailey. Jeff, welcome to Miracle Voices. Yes, welcome, Jeff. Yeah, thank you, Tam. Thank you, Matt. Really, really a pleasure to be here. Now, where are you? floating on this space station we call earth jeff yeah that's a good question um i well i grew up in colorado and uh colorado boulder colorado has been my wife and i's home for really the last 30 years and my wife however is from minnesota and she's from a small town called wadena and uh so we've been going to minnesota every summer for 30 years and we have a uh, a cabin on a lake here that we just love coming to. And it just so happens this year, the winter's been mild, although that's not the whole reason we're here. It just happens to be mild. My uh, my wife's birth father is transitioning. He's in hospice. And so we're mm. here uh, sharing the love and the forgiveness and the joy with him as he passes. So, And then we'll probably head back to Boulder. And what's his name? So we can send him loving thoughts. Oh, his name is Kurt, Kurt Kimmett. Kurt, okay. that's beautiful. Thank you. Well, Jeff, why don't we start with this? How did A Course in Miracles come into your life? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. Uh, Well, I'm going to start by saying uh, it's because of yoga, and uh, I stumbled into my very first class. I can't even tell you how to get there, other how I got to it, other than now I know spirit guided me into that space, must have said, go try this. And I took the class, and this was in 1985. Was, I had never even heard the word yoga. Nobody had really heard or knew what yoga really was. It was so new to the Western world, and uh, I felt quite good coming out of the class, kind of expanded and full of life and energy. And I I said to the teacher, I said, what did we just do? What is this thing called yoga? And he said, I asked him what it means. And he said, yoga means to join. And I immediately thought, okay, if yoga means to join, then why do we spend an hour pulling ourselves apart? (laughs) It just didn't add up. Although I I enjoyed the the physical practice, it really planted the seed. And and from that point, for about the next eight years, uh, I didn't realize it, but 
I would say spirit gave me a colon. It gave me a question. And I never stopped asking that question. It just rode in the back of my mind. Did a lot of traveling. I actually led bicycle tours in Vermont, New England, and uh, California. I was in the wine country. And and uh, and they even sent me back to Colorado to lead mountain bike tours. And I And then I fell back in love with Colorado, moved to Boulder in 1990, grew up in Gunnison, went to college in Durango, and spent a little bit of time on the East Coast. I'd never been east of Denver until I graduated from college. And uh, so that's how, what kind of got me into the bicycle tour scene. And, and uh, But I always asked that question. And, and I ended up back in Boulder with a traveling bug. I just wanted to keep traveling. And I realized that it was a bit of an addiction, that there was this impulse to travel that was keeping me from healing. And again, so these are miracle moments that came through long before. Well, there are two miracle moments that came through before I even discovered the course. The voice said, say, stay in Boulder. Don't go anywhere. You're, and in some semblance, the voice was saying, your healing will be here. So stay. And so I actually listened to that. And there was another point in one of my, in a bicycle trip in the Shenandoah uh, mountains where I uh, was schlepping luggage. And the same voice came in and said, in this moment where I was just kind of soul searching, like, what am I going to do? I can't just keep leading bicycle tours the rest of my life. And I'd, I'd oftentimes look back on my life and think, you know, it didn't, nothing added up, you know, it just felt so disconnected. And the, the voice of doubt would come in and judge everything I'd done to that point is not really valuable in the world's eyes. But then in the moment of a thought like that, came this voice and said, it, it's okay. Yoga is going to be a part of your life. Just, just relax. <laughs> Keep doing your yoga. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and so then I found myself in 1990, I moved there New Year's Day of 1990. And I'm on the living room floor in this small house that I'd rented with two other people, people I didn't know. It's kind of a newbie and really didn't know anyone in Boulder. And, uh, I'm sitting on the floor and doing my yoga and I look up on the shelf and there are those three blue books. You know, back then I think they were all published in three volumes and I just reached up, pulled one off the shelf, opened it up and the answer to my koan was right there. I just knew it. That same feeling came through and I saw the words as I thumbed through it, the words, the word join. I think I, I looked it up one time, and I think the word join is in the course some 880 times. It's, it's, it's in there. It's a very common word. And so I, you know, I, I asked my roommate that owned the books, I said, what is this all about? And she didn't know that much about it. Somebody, I think, had even given it to her. And she said, well, that's the, that's the background. That's the backdrop for the study at Unity Church. So you go there and you'll learn about it. So then I started going to Unity Church and got into a a course study group. And it changed my mind in small ways. I would say the first miracle that came through from reading that book was an adjustment to 
Well, the first thing I, I say was, was this voice came in and said, Hey, everything is okay, Jeff. Uh, I had just gotten out of a relationship with a woman who, um, she just kind of ended the relationship and I felt kind of alone and lonely and brokenhearted and, and, uh, and, and the course helped pick me up from that downtrodden feeling. And I remember kind of skipping through the, uh, the lawns on the CU campus because I was working, um, for the outdoor program on the campus at the time. And this vo- the same voice said, then came in and said, Hey, you're, you're whole, you're okay. And so for the first time, I would say in my entire life, I suddenly was not searching for another person to complete me. And that just felt unbelievably freeing. And and that was the miracle that opened up my heart to who is now my wife. And uh, serendipitous events, brought us together and lo and behold she became interested in the course and uh one of the teachers that we were studying with at the time his name is Jean Lingwah uh, he's a unity minister and and uh he married us and we sat down before the before we signed him on as our minister he said you got to sit down with me and let's have a cup of coffee and get clear on the reason for a marriage. And he helped us understand that a marriage was not to come together for another to complete you, but that you are there for each other to help each other in spiritual growth. And that when times get tough, you know, that's when you reach down and you help the other along or reach across and help the other along. And, and so you know, we had a, we have had an amazing 30-year ride, and the course has helped us through a lot of troubling times. You know, you would just think with that kind of a start, you would just think it's going to be smooth sailing, but uh, we, we, we have learned that every difficulty is a miracle opportunity, and so we would just, we, we sometimes would go to our teachers, we'd go to Jane, and this was you know, in the nineties, there just, there weren't miracle voices podcasts and there weren't, there weren't uh, YouTube videos and there just weren't that many teachers out there that you could turn to, but, but somehow spirit sent us a, a handful in form that were just remarkably helpful. And so we've, we've grown with the course all these years and we still study it today. There, there were chunks of time when we would lay it down. We, we kind of develop an identity problem and think we had it all figured out. And, and I can clearly see those times where we, we lay it down to pursue worldly goals. And those were obviously lessons that we had to learn. Otherwise they wouldn't have come through, but always when we, when we decided, when we chose for simplicity, when we chose for love, when we chose to join and let go of the worldly situation that we seem to be striving for, then, wow, you know, everything has turns an about face and it all changes. You know, I could see peace instead of this. That was one of our mantras, still is. The, uh, when you, 
you know, went off on a pursuit into form thinking there was something, some answer there, something you wanted that kind of relates to your forgiveness story, Jeff, would you mind sharing that? Yeah. To the, you mean to the forgiveness story, uh, real estate and going on that. Yeah. What we talked about prior. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, that's exactly what happened, Matt. We, um, there came this point where I literally, uh, I saw my friends around me, uh, he, people I had graduated from college with, they seemed to be succeeding so much in form, making all kinds of money. And and the funny thing is we had plenty of money, you know, money. We didn't really need more of it. I don't think we ever, ever really need more. But the moment we think we do, or the moment we think we have to accomplish something in form, there's the hook, you know, the ego throws out this hook. And and sure enough, I bit into it. And uh, for somehow, some reason needed to prove myself and uh, got involved in real estate. And I got into this, believe it or not, sort of a development project that began to swallow me up. Have you ever heard the saying, um, if you're in it, if you're in the a, a business meeting you're with a group of people and you're not sure who the fool in the room is <laughs> it's you yes yes, yes yeah. of course so so uh if i had heard that at the time then um i was not applying it properly <laughs> but if you are sure of who the fool is is it still you <laughs> no why am i partnering with a fool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, but we are the fool. <laughs> we are the okay. fool. Okay. I was being fooled by the fool, which made me the fool. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And of course, the yeah, which is always the ego, right? So I was hook, line, and sinker and and just thought I was going to kill it. And in the beginning, uh, early on, I was killing it. So the ego was like, yeah, baby, you know, you're you're doing great here. More of this, right? The, what is an idol, a false idol, but anything we want more of. So more is if I can have, if I can be successful here, I'll do more. And then that's when, you know, the jaws start to close and <laughs> you're, and, and I became so trapped and it was not only uh, the, 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 um, the project itself, but it was in another state. So I had to travel for this thing and that was just eating me up. And as this thing seemed to just be, you know, it felt like the equivalent of buying swampland in Florida. <laughs> it like it couldn't have been worse in many ways. And um, and and so I would have to spend an inordinate amount of time there overseeing this thing and actually doing work that I never thought I would really have to do. And 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 I had I have a, a bit of a real estate background and I've been in construction in my life. And so here I was using some of my worldly skills that even that was the ego taking something that I thought I was good at and turning it against me, you know? And so, so I, there, there does become that proverbial moment, even though I had been in the course for 15 years studying it and, and there were, you know, I had, there were lots of quotes that I had memorized to my heart and I'm in the lessons, although I had kind of laid the book down. Spirit was there and the knowledge, the awareness of kind of what was going on was there. 
But it took that project to literally bring me to my knees. And uh, I, because I felt like I had let my family down, I had let my friends down. Uh, I had traded happiness and friendship and joy for um, worldly values that are so fleeting. And, and so it, it just became a super valuable lesson for me. And, and I prayed and I, and I wrote down this prayer. I, I, not only did I say it, but I wrote it down. I think somewhere I could probably go dig into my files and find it, but I wrote it down and I'd say it, said it over and over again. And, and it was a deep plea for help. And that's when, um, The very next day, the sun came out, and it was everything felt different. And suddenly, people kind of came out of the woodwork, so to speak, that could help me. It was just a miracle that people suddenly became interested in this project. And, and of course, they saw stuff that I didn't see. And a very good friend of mine that I had known um, in college who had already partnered with me on this deal, he suddenly became more and more interested in it and and literally started taking it over. And he, he over time, I ended up buying me out. It took about two years, but I, but I just kept relinquishing. And even though every once in a while, the ego would come in and say, hey, Jeff, this could turn around, you could make a ton of money. I had already said goodbye to it. And like the Bible says, you know, there's that line, let your yeas be yeas, let your nay be nays. And and so once you once you make that spirited decision, it's so important to stay with it. And I knew that. And And I actually, you know, I... I wished and hoped for my friend's success because um, I knew that I just had to completely cut that string. And in cutting that string was metaphorically really cutting the string of the ego. And and uh, and that and that was in the fall of um, of 2010. It was the summer when all those that stuff started to come take place. But I can remember in the fall, we were traveling in Minnesota and uh, at a, we were at our cabin. And I just remember this this feeling of freedom. And even though I'd still had all these financial commitments to it and a lot of physical strings attached to it, I had completely detached in my mind and I turned it over to my friend and and uh, and the mantra Lesson number 34 that um, that my wife, you know, in the midst of all this thing gave me, she was not distraught at all. She was she was practicing forgiveness and she was practicing gratitude. And she was in a way just kind of watching me and supporting me as I went through this nightmare. And she said to me one day, she said, Jeff, I can see peace instead of this. And that was a second opportunity where I just I had took this feeling and went even deeper with it. You know, it's, it is a mind training. We, we have to go deep, deep into the mind and undo the blockages to the awareness of love's presence. 
And so, so everything, seemingly big or seemingly small, as you know, there are no, there's no order of difficulty or no hierarchy within an illusion. And so, uh, I, I just unwound it, and and this feeling of freedom was was overcoming me like never before. And one night, I woke up in the. I would say it was in the in the dawn mornings. I was in this in this deeply this deep deep happy dream where I was having this experience of the expanse of the universe. You know, kind of like something you might see on on like a PBS channel where it was talking about the vastness of space. Nova, Nova. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I had my, I, I, I literally had this feeling like I was reaching for the ends of the universe. And, and then this, that same voice came in loud and clear. And it said, you have no idea how expansive and how, how much love there really is, you know, compared to what seems like the expanse of the universe, your reality is far, far, far greater and the feeling of love just overcame me and i woke up you know it, it was kind of like an nda an, an nde near death experience you know it felt like some of those experiences that we're now hearing people share and i came back i woke up in my bed and just i was just sobbing i was the tears were just flowing down my face and i just uh the love was so immense and um and and that was a just a key turning point for me. You know, there's that line in the course that says, an experience will come. The experience has been set that will end all doubting. And and I and for me, that was the moment that my practice got supercharged and and the the beginning of what feels like a real happy dream. Well, is that the share you were looking for? Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> yes. That's Goddamn. No, of course that's the share we're looking for, uh, over <laughs> yeah. and over and over and over again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and we don't need more. We just need one. There it is. And and the gratitude that piles and piles upon that is, uh, love is the way we walk in gratitude is the prayer. Oh my gosh! Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Thank you. For that. Yeah. It it really you know you, you can in retrospect when you look back it's like oh I'm being taken care of it's it's this is crazy uh, you know I'm all these miracles are coming in someone's taking over my project that seemed like uh, you know a catastrophe um, it just it all seems like the puzzle pieces all just seem like they make sense but it's like it, it, it probably didn't at the time it probably seemed a little chaotic and crazy and like what's happening i'm trusting but it's i'm not yeah. used to trusting and all those feelings yeah well as you know the in the um, the 10 characteristics of the of the teachers of god is the the first is trust and without trust none of the other nine um are even available trust must come first and and uh so you're you're spot on there matt it took an enormous amount of trust to just and maybe that was my true trust training was in that moment 
and and continuing to let it flow out of my hands, even though they're, you know, like I mentioned, the ego could put another hook in it and say, wait a minute, Jeff, you should hang on to some of this. Like I didn't, and then I realized if I could just have 1%, no, nope, you know, and, and in the end, I know I lost money on it, but I don't even know how much. I never even went back and calculated. I didn't want to. It wasn't necessary. But I gained so much inside by just continuing to trust and have faith that what I was supposed to do, the guidance that I was being given is take the gift, the lesson, you know, and we could call that forgiveness, gratitude, love. Take that and let the form go. <laughs> and that, um, so later, after, after, uh, um, after I, my friend had really taken over, and I was just, I, I was kind of out of an occupation, and I was just going on hikes. I, I kind of felt like St. Francis for a while. I was just, I was really enjoying myself and the environment and everything, and and then I, I ended up sitting down with my friend, Gene, who married Lori and I some 15 years earlier. And uh, we started to write this. The voice, what happened next was the voice came in and it said, write. That was the only command, write. And so I just started writing and writing and writing and writing. And I fell in love with writing. I never really considered myself a writer. And I would go to my friend Gene's house. And he had lived in this little um, trailer park. He lived in a trailer in the middle of Boulder. It was one of the nicest urban trailer parks probably on the planet. He lived in this little cottage. And uh, I would go over there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It was kind of like Tuesdays with Maury, but it was twice a week. And we would sit and write and have tea. And he'd make all these beautiful, organic, uh, yummy creations. He was a gardener. And and uh, for two years, we kept this up. And... We ended up writing a book called um, The Yoga Mind, which is uh, the yoga according to A Course in Miracles, the first uh, the first book of the Yoga Sutras. And then we wrote and wrote and wrote on this thing that we never really uh, gave it a name until the end. And Gene called it The Gift. And Gene, being a lifelong Course in Miracles student, how are we doing on time? This is kind of a whole nother story. It's oh, pretty cool. We're go for it. That's a pass. Just let okay. it go. All right. So, uh, so Gene, he had discovered the course eight years before I did. And, and being a unit minister, minister, he really went deep with it. And he was one of my clearest teachers. And uh, so I would write and he would clarify and I would put these words down. And then one day he pulled out this, this map that he had made with a group of students in a, in a course, in a, um, in a study group. And it was this map that I, I would gladly share. I'll send a, a PDF copy of it with you guys when we're done, because it's kind of hard to explain. And uh, it basically has, I would say, most, it'd be almost impossible to have all, but most of the course concepts um, outlined in this giant map. It's like a map of the mind. And at the bottom, 
he, they had ranked them according to specificity. And at the top, they had ranked them in court according to abstract, abstract um, nature of perfect oneness, right? And so as you ascend through the concepts of the course and, and kind of go through this map, you move from the specificity of form, which we could say is hell. We get caught in, in the specifics and we we awaken to the oneness we share to our reality as we move through and and join with abstract oneness. And so I was just blown away when he brought that out and being kind of a techie, um, I turned it into, uh, I digitized it and gave it color. And, and as I was studying it one day, I realized that it was partially organized um, on the left, the whole left side of it was all ego-related concepts. And on the right was all spirit-related concepts. You know Ken's map, uh, Ken's diagram that he would always use? Mm-hmm. How it kind of goes clockwise or counterclockwise. And the ego's on the left. And as you do the work down towards six o'clock, your mind is transformed and you move with spirit and and go and go up toward the light well what it was what the whole thing to me what was missing was the the decision in the middle and uh so what we started doing was writing this thing called the gift where we would put a couple paragraphs to each concept and on the left was a description of the ego's perception of the idea and how it works against you and then we would talk about what it kind of takes to, to, to choose between that and, and something that's, that has more of a right-minded truthfulness to it, right-minded truth. And then, and then we would write the perspective or the true visions uh, uh, description from the spirit on the right. And, it's when you look at this thing, it's kind of mind boggling, but we, we just had a ball. We had so much fun. We couldn't wait to sit down and start working on this. And it was, it was clearly inspired. And, uh, I made a couple attempts to publish it. I, I, I was going to put it online and, and it's somewhere. I, I still have the website, thegift.org. But it it just didn't, in the end, I started to realize this was for us. This was for our um, training. And, and I, it's, it's, and I'm a project guy. I'm working on a book right now that I hope to publish this year. I just, I love to write and I love, it, it seems to be part of the way I share. Um, maybe someday down the road, I'll pick it up again and see what's there, but but I, I don't. I had no idea that I was going to talk about that. But um, well, it, it's, it's so easy to self-publish nowadays that you could just you could just post it, <laughs> yeah. you know, for for people um, and you know to share because I think all of these ways, everyone's individual processes help everyone else for sure. Yeah, and 
it is a like I love how you said your your writing is your way to share. If it's not helpful to someone, they'll delete or pay no attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, you just put it out there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and even if like I always say with the webinars, you know, when people say, you know, how many people are coming, and I said, all it takes is one. Just to, if we touch <laughs> one person who wakes up or in these podcasts, one person who it re- reaches. Yeah in person who is a Martin Luther King of the enlightenment world. That's all we need. Yeah. 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 When two, when two minds are joined, there I am. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I I want to go a little backwards for a moment, if you don't mind, because one of the things that struck me metaphorically, that's beautifully was the, the comment that I guess Jean said to you and your wife about um, the, you know, you're not there to become whole and complete with each other. You're there when needed to reach across to help each other. And that, re- that the, it touched me the reaching across and mm. then experience that was your, I will call it a, a an awakening experience of being in this expansive loving universe and you were told it's way more expansive than you can even imagine is a similar thing um in the reaching mm-hmm. out and expanding mm-hmm. and how it is so completely far reaching this love and you were doing it in the form of a marriage to each other as she watched you go through this difficult time and then reached out and gave you that statement you could choose peace instead of this and and that's part of the expanse of love and i love the framing of that if i'm articulating it even minorly <laughs> in a way that that you can understand the thread of where my heart and mind are going with this but i was very touched by wherever my mind and heart went in this way Oh man, yeah, that's beautiful. You're, I had not really put those two things together exactly the way you just did. I love that. Well, yeah. I'm glad you understood it because it's 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 so much more an intuitive feel of like those are connected. Yeah, yeah, because it's you know, and do we ever, um, you know, being being with a lifelong partner like that you are you're going to have uh moments of reaction you know there's a there's a commitment in the relationship not till death do you part that's a setup for failure and it, and like gene would say that till death do you part if you just come together to stay together because it's noble then he he would say that is a marriage that's a sleeping marriage and you want to be in a working marriage and a working marriage, he would say is one where you're, you're helping each other find the wholeness. Uh, it's, it's the practice of namaste, you know, when I bring it back to yoga, namaste, or the, the idea of seeing uh, Christ's face, the love and the light in our brothers and sisters. If I can see that in my wife and she can see that in me, and 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 forgive my mistakes and see the love and light in me 
And if I can do that in her, and like you said a moment ago, Tam, it only takes one. You know, I I also recently heard the podcast that you guys shared recently of the young woman who works for you, who went through a, a, a sudden separation with her husband. And that's a great example. It only takes one to heal. She wanted to have that encounter. She wanted to have closure with her ex, but she couldn't. And so that's a perfect example. It only takes one. Now, it's a real gift. It's a real treasure to have a partner that is in the same commitment because I think it can, it can, um, well, it's going to say it can speed things along, but that's not true. It just, it is what it is. We're together because we've, spirit has us together for this point in time, but, but it is that reaching across, uh, which always, almost always comes in the form of forgiveness and, and holding out a hand and letting someone go through their stuff while you're there just forgiving and watching and holding the flame, holding the light. And so I'm probably just going on and on about uh, what you've already said, Tam. So maybe I'll just leave it no, at that. I mean, if we all say it over and over and over again. <laughs> maybe we'll get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we get it in moments and need to return to it. That's the mind training, as you said. Yeah. Oh, man. It never stops. Jeff, when you get into kind of a bad ego storm and it seems like everything's kind of rolling away from you and it feels dark and depressing and this core stuff maybe doesn't work as much as I thought it would and it's the other person's fault, you know, all that stuff that comes up. Is there anything practical you do to try to get centered and back on track? Yeah, that's a great question. And and that's what I say to that, Matt, is that is our yoga. And what is the yoga but following it in? That has been the most helpful thing for me. Whenever I'm upset, whenever I'm angry, whenever I'm pointing my finger, I know it's lesson number five. I'm never upset for the reason I think. And and so, wow. I sure seem upset because I just hit my head on that cabinet or I sure seem upset because that person cut me off or whatever, but I'm never upset for the reason I think is an inner journey. I go inside and I, I follow that anger in like going down the rabbit hole. We got to be willing to look at it and, and we look at it with love by our side and And that takes courage and it takes, instead of just going for the quick fix, of maybe having a drink or having, having a Advil or, or, you know, some sort of distraction, or even we might even say something a little bit more noble might be having um, a bubble bath. <laughs> And turning on some music and playing some incense, something that calms the mind. But I know I'm paraphrasing. There's there's some line, there's a line in the chorus that basically says, Why would you want to calm your mind when you can heal it? And so and so that is what gives me the motivation to sit with it. And sometimes I'll go for a walk. Sometimes I'll um oftentimes I'll just sit. 
and and I and I will uh, have the time alone. You know, like the last time it happened, I was um it was last summer. I got on the paddleboard and went out on the lake. We were here in Minnesota, and I just I can't even tell you how that the anger inside was just boiling up and it was over the most ridiculous thing. So, and I, and I think as we advance in our practice, we do realize how ridiculous and how small and subtle the things that seem to upset us really are. Yeah. And uh, they become more, it becomes the minutia that we start to really refine. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit with this and I'm going to, pray for help. I'm going to ask for help and I'm going to do this with love by my side. And what I found is at the bottom of the anger, at the bottom of the hurt is love. It's just right there. And that's, you know, where are the shadows when the light has come, you know, or, you know, perfect love casts out fear. We just have to be willing to hold the fear up and not try to get rid of it, but hold it up and be with it so that the light can shine it away. And then it just dissolves. And then, and once it's gone, we don't, the, the, the desire to return to anything painful or allow anything to, to seemingly take our peace away, just, it's no longer attractive. And, uh, and bit by bit, our, our bucket list of, guilt desires and the the list of things that upset us is finite and the ego wants us to think it's infinite and it will go on forever but but it is finite and sometimes as we check one off really get to the bottom of it you know two or three dozen fall off without us even knowing it because they're so closely associated and um and that's our yoga. That's that is the yoga. Instead of, I would say, instead of getting better at a yoga pose, we use a shape, and you just like any other moment in our life to go inside and find the restriction, find the thing that's holding us back, and unwind it. I'm interested too in that. It's funny that. It, the story kind of began where you had that koan of like, why were we pulling our bodies apart for yoga pose when, when yoga is literally about bringing together the body and spirit and opening the body from where it's stuck to allow that to come through. And yoga itself is that joining within the body so that we're more fluid that there aren't those stucks. And, you know, you get into these weird poses, but if you can take that difficult pose and breathe into it and have uh, the spirit move through you in that moment, there it is. You know, yeah. Each time a moment of heaven on earth, you know, bringing that through in, in the world of form. And so it's really not that different. Mm-mm. And I, I did look it up. So I got uh, the word join does appear 395 times in the course. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe it's, and then joining, join, oh, joined and joining. Yeah. I didn't look up. Just, was, but you put them all the, all the different variations on. I think it's I'll close to a thousand. But joining it right now, 
And let's see what that comes up. Another 395. <laughs> <I'm closer>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Same. Um, and then what was the other one? Joined. 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 Let's see. Uh, 395. So I think they consider every form of it that. Oh, they do? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In, 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 I mean, all, all silly nitpicking. Um, but yeah, I've looked up a lot of words and I'm probably confusing with a different one. <laughs> well, you know, 395 is, is really not minimal. No, it's, yeah, it's pretty substantial number. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anybody for that, now we get to Matt's favorite question. Yeah. I, I'm Jeff, please tell us your favorite comfort food, comfort food. Yeah. I like fugue. Comfort fugue. fugue. <laughs> Mine's the Hatfields and the McCoys. <laughs> yeah, right. That's my favorite. Um, I got to tell you, real quick, I, I knew you were going to ask that question. Last night, I was watching this movie called The Kid. It's a Disney movie uh, with Will, Will, um, with Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis is is this guy who's really trying to succeed in his life and has covered up his entire all the trauma from his past is completely covered up. And it's, and so he's living this life of, of, of uh, buried guilt, which makes him very difficult to be around and he's not happy. And so his, his childhood self shows up on the scene and just in his, in this early scene, he's just completely freaking out because his childhood self is there in front of him. And, and one of the ways he copes with this moment is he starts making a sandwich and he's saying to himself, there's safety in sandwiches, safety in sandwiches, safety in sandwiches. And so he's making the sandwich, trying to eat it and trying to feel better about himself. And it made me think about kind of how we, we go for anything except really looking at the stuff. And, and so uh, I just thought I'd share that moment. Um, <laughs> it was kind of fun. Thank you. Not good enough. Yeah. We need a specific, but I do yeah. like the story. No, no. No, and so here I go with mine. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to share that because it Thanks. just happened. It just showed up last night. Um, That's great. So uh, my comfort food would be pancakes, and uh, I have pancakes have been a big part of my breakfast life for a long, long time. I always make them from scratch, oh. and they're like just this morning I made um, buckwheat oatmeal and wild rice pancakes. Wow. And uh, so I, I have my comfort food on a pretty regular basis. <laughs> Jeff, 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 that's so exciting to me because I've been trying to do something for my son and I, I haven't gotten the exact right one, but I've been making something called or working on making something called their Japanese souffle pancakes. Mm. And Japanese, they're Japanese pancakes. That's what they're called. And they are like a souffle and they're made mostly with egg whites, whipping up egg whites and folding the mixture in and they're they're about four inches higher than normal i've seen pancakes. those yes i've seen those they are amazing they well, are absolutely amazing thank and, you for sharing i'll be looking into that no doubt yeah. okay what you do it is helpful to get the little gadgets so there are these rings that if you look up like on amazon you know japanese okay pancake rings there there are these rings that you pour in as a mold and you you make them by pouring like filling up the ring halfway with this batter then you you turn it over and then you remove the ring which is the hardest nice. part of the whole thing yeah uh, 
I'm sure but there's an art to that. It, there is, but I think it includes tongs and surgical supplies. But <laughs> uh, in any case, you have, you have to okay. try them. They're extraordinary. I promise you I will. Next time we talk. Um, right. Or you can come visit that. and maybe by then I'll be able to really make them, you know. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the evil skeever? Yes. I love evil skeevers. Oh, wow. Things. I'll be oh, I, I have a whole evil skeever pan. Okay, you may be a pancake connoisseur as well. Then I, uh, I think, love them. Really love yeah. them. Yes, oh and people, people skivers are so much fun, and they require special tools. Too. They do exactly. Yeah, so. Swedish Swedish tools or Scandinavian tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't believe pancakes hasn't come up before, but it I hasn't, know. I, think. I was about to say, how could we not have touched that before? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Anyone and every. Everyone is welcome at my breakfast table. I love making pancakes for people. Love that. Well, so. Jeff, how can listeners connect with you online? Yeah, I know you have a lot of yoga resources. Why don't you tell us? Well, I my website is um, vitayogaonline.com. And um, I have uh, a series of yoga classes. They're very, very doable shapes that... Uh, clearly identify the restriction. It's kind of what Tammy was talking about earlier. We don't just get better at yoga. We don't try to accomplish shapes because as we know, accomplishing anything in form will eventually work against us. And so very specific and we just target the restriction, which is remarkably healing in both the body and the mind. And and I do feel like this yoga was given to me. It's just been a part of my life forever. And in the book I'm writing, I'm, I'm, just even as I'm writing it today, I'm blown away by the course concepts that have made it into this yoga. It's just fascinating that there seems to be a way to bring A Course in Miracles concepts into a physical yoga practice. And it's just super cool. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. Great. Well, thanks, Jeff, so much for coming on Miracle Voices and sharing your miracle voice will be thinking about your father-in-law as he makes his transition and good luck with everything on your return back to Boulder. Oh, thank you so much, Matt. Thank you, Tam. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to Miracle Voices by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you are enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. And lastly, please visit us at miraclevoices.org and join our newsletter so we can stay connected. Until the next podcast, I want to leave you with my favorite course quote, when you want only love, you will see nothing else. Nothing else.